Paul, thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, as Paul mentioned, I'm the Director of Marketing, Sales and Service for Ford Motor Company in South Africa and Southern Africa. Um, and it really is an exciting time to be in the motor industry. Um, when we have a look at um, the acceleration and the development of technology in our vehicles, we're certainly seeing unprecedented momentum growth um, in this particular area. And what we're foreseeing is that this is actually going to continue to accelerate in the years to come. What I'd like to do is just spend a little bit of time talking um, about the technology that we have in our vehicles today, where it's going, um, and of course it's a field that is exceptionally broad and exceptionally diverse because there are so many different facets to it. Um, and really what I wanted to bring today was a little bit of a perspective of the different streams that we're working on in different areas. Um, and then ultimately at the end what I'd like to do is bring it back in terms of what does it mean to the broadcasting industry, what do we see happening um, in the future in terms of that particular perspective um, as it relates to the conference that we're having today. Hopefully we'll provide you with, I'll provide you with a little bit of an insight in terms of the way that people um, are going to be interacting with their cars in the future. Just to start off with a little bit of history in terms of the role of the radio in vehicles um, and how far that goes back. The radio has actually been in cars since 1930. Uh, when the Galvin brothers offered a $120 unit which called a Motorola. Um, and that was the first AM radio that found its way into, automo into vehicles. In 1952, the first FM radio made its way into a car, um, which uh, was offered by Blaupoint. So this means that we've had AM radios in cars since for 84 years, and the FM radio in vehicles for the last 64 years. Radio still remains the most dominant media um, in the in sorry, dominant media consumed in vehicles today um, in 2016. And this is really for four very simple reasons. Radio has always been there. For all of those that are under the age of 86, radio has always been present in our vehicles. Radio is easy to consume, um, and it's certainly an entertaining form and, and medium for us. It's free, um, and really, radio makes real connection with the vehicle occupants by informing and entertaining people Whilst they're, doing, whilst they're commuting. In terms of um, the connected car, we believe that radio, it, the connected car is good news for radio. Um, however, there are some perturbing trends that we are st starting to see uh, emerge, which we do believe that um, we need to be taken cognizant of. Most vehicle manufacturers feel that radio will exist in cars for many years to come, in one form or another. And this is because consumers expect it and demand it. However, we need to keep the user experience simple um, and, and uh, uncomplicated. The average car today has computing power um, of 20 personal computers. It features about 100 million lines of programming code and processes up to 25 gigabytes of data per hour. Yet while the automotive digital technology has, trans has traditionally focused on optimizing um, the vehicle's internal functions, what we're now starting to see is the trend shifting towards how um, developing the car's ability to connect with the outside world and then also to enhance the in-car experience. One of the visions of Ford Motor Company um, that has really built the ethos of the company over the years, um, over the hundred years that we've existed, was Henry Ford's vision to help put the world on, on wheels so that everybody could enjoy the benefits of mobility. Ford's vision today is, is to expand that same thinking 
using advanced technology and new business models to address the mobility challenges that people are going to face around the world. Ford's smart mobility plan um, is to use innovative technology um, to take this to the next level. And the role that technology is going to play moving forward cannot be underestimated. In terms of our vehicles, especially as a driving nation, um, they are an integral part of our daily lives, and thus greater connectivity in and through our cars is absolutely critical. Connected cars form an important part of vehicle development to meet consumer demands and requirements for a number of different reasons. Drivers today are more reliant on being connected to the outside world whilst driving through their smartphones. Um, and as motor manufacturers, we've developed solutions to enable drivers to remain connected whilst they're continuing to commute and carry on with their busy lives. For Ford, and from our perspective, the driver vehicle interface is a key area that we've been focusing on um, in, in, the, in the recent years. Sync is Ford's system that allows drivers to interface with their vehicles easily and effectively. Voice commands are allowing control over everything from music to phone calls to, climatic, uh, to, to the climate system, allowing drivers to keep their hands on the wheels and their eyes on the road whilst being able to operate and, and utilize the functions and capabilities of our vehicles. So gone are the days of actually having uh, earphones stuck in your ear, whereas you can now have Bluetooth streaming and your, vehicle, and your audio and your mobile phone plugged into the car system uh, to enable you to enjoy that environment. Sync, which is our in-car connective uh, solution, allows drivers to, um, through voice commands, play specific songs, albums, artists, um, all supported by Bluetooth streaming or USB connections. Uh, telephone co uh, connections or functions can also be enabled through voice control. And we've even got to the stage now where our system can read text messages to uh, drivers whilst they're experiencing their vehicles. We have a new system. We're continuously upgrading our system. It is called Sync Gen 3, where you can now even ask it to find you the nearest coffee shop, a petrol station, or even... Um, a restaurant and the nav navigation system will automatically search through its database, find those features or find those, uh, th those um, points of interest and direct you to those. The voice acted communications and entertainment system also allow drivers to operate new apps, share audio clips um, and also check weather um, whilst using their, their smartphones connected to the internet. Sync also offers a, subscriber, a free subscriber system um, through which is called emergency assistance. This is a system in parts of the world where in the event of an accident where we've actually had an airbag deploy or the fuel system automatically cut off, the system will then automatically connect with an emergency response center um, on your behalf, direct the, the emergency services to you uh, ensuring that there is no um, loss of life or minimizing the risk in terms of loss of life, making sure people get help and assistance as quickly as possible. We will start rolling out Sync Gen 3 um, across our vehicle ranges this year and will allow people to have more access to customize and operate their smartphones through both the car, Apple CarPlay as well as through the Android platform through Android, uh, Android Auto. Over-the-air software updates will automatically be available through Wi-Fi connected facilities as well, um, ensuring that if your vehicle is connected to your home Wi-Fi system, you'll be able to update the software on your vehicles moving forward. Additionally, um, 
The sync feature, as I mentioned, will be available in South Africa from um, the fourth quarter of this year. As we mentioned, innovation is a blueprint or cornerstone of our company, and mobility um, options are really a cornerstone in terms of how we look to grow and change mobility solutions for consumers in an ever-changing world. Our Ford Smart Mobility Plan is, is aiming to use innovation to take Ford to the next level in terms of connectivity, mobility, autonomous vehicles, and ultimately through to the consumer experience with our cars. When we look at the forecasts and the projections in terms of what's going to be happening in our globe um, moving forward, the forecasts are that we will reach a global population of 9 billion people by 2050. 70% of, of us will live in cities. If we think that we're facing congestion and, tra and traffic issues today, fast forward to a population that is almost double what we have today with a greater level of urbanization, and one can understand the challenges that we're going to, to be facing moving forward. As a result of this, as a company, we've changed our strategy and have a very clear focus in terms of providing mobility solutions moving forward, which encompass a number of different steps. And we've got exper experiments in a number of different parts around the globe um, aimed at gaining first-hand information and understanding of how we can overcome these mobility challenges. The experiments are the building blocks to enable people especially those in urban areas, to enjoy mobility products and services designed for a better quality of life. We currently have 25 mobility experiments that are running around the world. Um, a simple car sharing service in London which allows on-demand use and also includes a single payment that includes a fuel surcharge and the city congestion charges that exist in, in London. Car swap programs that uh, we're operating with some of our employees in our Michigan operation at our headquarters allow employees to borrow a colleague's Mustang or a pickup truck depending on what their needs and requirements are. We also have improved ways of finding parking spaces by using existing sensors on our vehicles to identify open spaces and then this information is then shared to other vehicles um, via the cloud services as well. All ways that we are a we're experimenting to find ways of improving mobility, making our customers' lives better um, as we move forward. As, a range of our smart, as part of our smart mobility plan, the company is also working on expanding the range of car sharing actions and parking services across um, countries. In terms of our further research, we also have opened up a um, research and innovation center in Palo Alto in uh, California in January last year. The team there is helping to deliver on our Ford Mobility Smart Mobility Plan, which includes leading the industry in connectivity solutions, enabling mobility by creating innovative solutions to help solve future mobility challenges, um, evolving autonomous vehicle technology to empower our customers and assist their driving needs um, when needed or wanted, and also engaging our customers and also and enhancing their experience. The data that we gather out of this will be used to enhance the customer, the customer experience through understanding their needs and wants. In terms of vehicle automation, we're really well on our way um, to providing autonomous vehicles. We manufacture a number of vehicles that are already offering semi-autonomous semi features that we use in our current day-to-day -day driving experience. Most of the features in our, most of the vehicles in our range today offer a number of these different semi-autonomous features, um, which include adaptive cruise control, which allow vehicles to slow down or speed up 
um, in congested traffic ex environments, um, utilizing a preset following distance on the vehicles. We also have semi-automatic parallel parking, which allows you to park your vehicle parallel uh, without using your hands or having to steer the vehicle yourself, using the vehicle sensors as well as the steering system to ensure that your vehicle parks perfectly every single time. We also have lane departure warning and lane keeping aid, which help keep vehicles in the lanes um, as you're traveling down the road. Why are these features important? Well, the next generation of this then moves to what we term as our tra Ford Traffic Jam Assist. This is technology made available combining a number of those different technologies that I've just spoken about that will allow vehicles to creep forward in, traffic congested system, in a traffic congested environment without the driver having to accelerate or decelerate control the vehicle's um, operations because it is using those features that I've just spoken about. So it will measure the distance to the car in front of you. As that car moves forward, your car will move forward and apply the brakes as and when required. We also have another feature which is called lane cent centering aid, which will help keep your vehicle in the center of the lane um, in these con con uh, conditions. What does that mean? Well, it means that it actually gives op people the op will give people the opportunity to multitask while sitting in a traffic environment, utilizing existing technology that we already have in our vehicles. And this is just the, for the, the beginning of where we will ultimately end up in terms of autonomous uh, vehicles. In terms of um, autonomous vehicles, we have a, fully, a full autonomous vehicle in development for the and for future research. Um, the fully autonomous driving experience will likely be possible with the right combination of environmental and regulatory env uh, conditions, and that is probably within the next five to ten years. Being first to market with an autonomous vehicle isn't, ne isn't nearly as important as making sure that this te technology is widely accessible not just limited to luxury buyers. So our key drive is really about offering autonomous vehicles to the masses, holding true to the, Ford, the Henry Ford ethos of putting the, keeping mobility um, accessible to all. Ford is seeking to develop autonomous capabilities that do not require driver input, but the regulatory environment, as I've mentioned, will continue to require further refinement as we move forward um, bef before we see autonomous vehicles growing significantly significantly. We've announced recently that we'll be taking it to the next step, tripling our fully autonomous vehicle fleet um, to 30 vehicles that will be tested on roads and tracks in California and Arizona, um, as well as Michigan. This will make our fleet the largest automotive company in terms of auto autonomous vehicles um, globally. So, bringing this all back in terms of what does it actually mean for consumer trends with regards to radio and how does it impact on your industry. According to a McKinsey report, studies which studies automotive trends, internationally 13% of new vehicle buyers will no longer, um, are no longer prepared to even consider a vehicle without internet access. 25% already prioritize connectivity over features such as engine power and fuel efficiency. Other interesting findings from the study of almost 2,000 new car buyers in both in Brazil, China, Germany, and the United States indicate that as many as 37% of new car buyers said that they would switch to another manufacturer if it was the only manufacturer offering a vehicle with full access to apps, data, and media. We see this ever-accelerating trend in terms of people putting connectivity um, above 
basic or standard features that we've always considered in vehicles. 32% of customers said they'd be willing to pay more for a connected service in their vehicle um, if it was a subscription-based model. So what next for the connected car? According to Connect Car, which is a website dedicated to following these trends, the next phase of the connected car will be more, more connected to services and information outside of the car, such as LTE data connections and also Wi-Fi to passengers, which has now been offered in Canada by a number of manufacturers. The connection to LTE enables passengers to perform uh, web surfing and connect connected apps, also allows for the app in the head or dash unit to be connected to a data service, um, such as streaming audio services like Pandora um, and also Slacker Radio. More car makers may find a demand for G 4G LTE connectivity because it will enable passengers and customers to update software over the air, as I mentioned earlier. Vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle and also vehicle-to-infrastructure communication will be critical for everything from traffic management to stopping a car from entering a, da a dangerous intersection. Um, the vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle and also vehicle-to-infrastructure communication systems that interact are essential to the future safety um, with regards to autonomous vehicles. Perhaps the big question at the back of many broadcasters' minds, of course, though, will be, is will radio still be popular in a driver's, driverless car if and when they become a reality? Many believe that the total autonomous, totally autonomous driverless vehicle is still at least 15 to 20 years away, depending on who you talk to. Some people are saying 5 to 10, others are saying 15 to 20. Because it requires all the vehicles on the road to have the technology that can communicate and work safely together. So that will be a key challenge that the industry as a whole will need to overcome. However, if and when this does take place, a driver will be sitting in a vehicle pod and work on their computer, talk on their phone, or watch a movie while they're going from point A to point B. Will, that will impact on the time they, will that have an impact on the time that they spend listening to the radio? Not 100% sure, but that will certainly be something worth considering as people are freed up in terms of their time and the way that they spend time in their vehicles. The answer will also depend on how relevant and compelling the content is that the radio station is offering. Also, one of the benefits is that a driverless vehicle, um, the consumer will be able to multi multitask just as they do when they're sitting at home and searching on the web, surfing the web and even work on documents whilst listening to radio. Um, and also, so we anticipate that radio consumption might well not be impacted um, as greatly as people, as some believers are. If you believe Ray Kurzweil, who's considered to be one of the world's leading inventors, thinkers, and futurists, with a 30-year track record of accurate predictions, he believes the internet will grow more in the next five years than it has in the last 25 years combined. By the way, his book called Bold, um, is a really worthwhile read um, for, those of look for those of you interested in his predictions in terms of future trends and technologies. If Ray Kurzweil is correct, there will be technologies competing for ears, eyes, and minds that have not yet been invented, and the time, and the, the time to market is becoming quicker and quicker with each passing year. Hopefully, this has given you a very brief oversight on a very cluttered and very complex field in terms of autonomous vehicles um, and also the technology that we're placing into our vehicles. I think the key element and the key message is really the belief that the technology is, for, is, is in years to come. 
um, needs to be reconsidered. We see the rate at which technology is continuing to accelerate um, and develop, and it has been brought to vehicles on an ongoing basis at a faster, at an ever fasting, faster rate. So with that, I'd like to thank you. I'm happy to take any questions um, in terms of the topic. So thank you very much. You mentioned earlier um, phones, uh, not phones, cars that will be able to connect to your home um, sort of Wi-Fi and, 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 and entertainment setup. Yes. Does that mean that in the future we could maybe put a SIM card into, into our phones and then connect to the internet through, 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 the, um, through the car? There's a variety of different ways of looking at how that will operate. At the moment, some of the conventional thinking is that your car will connect to your home network and it will utilize that as a means of accessing the internet. So that is actually piggybacking off your existing infrastructure. There are vehicles already today that do have embedded SIM cards in a, and a modem in the vehicle, which then allows the vehicle to actually access the inter internet independently um, of having a smartphone. The challenge or the debate and discussion about that one is duplication of services, because you're paying for an additional SIM card with additional connectivity, um, and that's really been a debate that Ford Motor Company has entertained, which is, do you have brought-in technology, so you have a smartphone with a contract that you're already paying, which then acts as your connective medium to the internet and to the web, or do you have an embedded SIM card as some of other manufacturers have gone? There's pros and cons to both systems, um, but at the moment the technology that we're looking at and certainly where it's heading is to use, have your vehicle connect to your home infrastructure and, they, and thereby through to the, um, to the web, which will give us the facility to update vehicles whilst the car's parked in your garage. Okay, so, so then if you're on the road, for example, you won't be able to access the internet? Well, that's where your brought-in technology from your mobile phone then comes in. So it's the best of both worlds because invariably your home infrastructure will be a better internet connection to the web versus the variability of a cell phone connection. So, so how far are we from streaming audio um, in our cars um, but not using our phones. How far are we from having a SIM card in the dashboard, for example? It's available today. It's already accessible. The important thing for us is that we believe that we need to adapt to your use, use, usage. We don't need to dictate to you. So the beauty and the, the, the advantage of the SyncGen 3 platform that we'll be introducing later this year actually caters for both capabilities. So we'll have the ability for Android Auto as well as Apple CarPlay that as well as an embedded system in our vehicles. So it is entirely up to the, the, the driver's and the user's preference as opposed to us dictating to you. But that's the sort of technology that we do need to embrace uh, because with things like Apple CarPlay, you do get screen mirroring. So if you're using Google Maps, the screen mirroring will actually allow the navigation system from your phone to appear on the dashboard and provide navigation uh, to the driver of the vehicle as well. So there's a lot of benefits in terms of connected apps that will be appeared in the head unit of the vehicle. Regretfully, that's going to be one of the challenges that we will face is the backward compatibility of the technology requires uh, is going to be very limited. Um, we're already seeing it with as we're upgrading systems that uh, we will eventually get to a point where the, it, will be co it will be backward compatible to an extent. However, what we're seeing is the development and the advancement in technology means we, we're still getting to that particular point. So at this stage, it's um, our Sync Gen 1, Sync Gen 2, and Sync Gen 3 systems will enable people to utilize Bluetooth audio streaming, call applications, and aspects like that 
for the greater connected services that we do foresee coming, um, it will require the latest generation of systems, which are embedded systems. Thank you. Thank you.